What if I told you that there's a cure for chronic pain? Yes, for that pain that you were told you would just have to manage. And what if I told you that that cure is already inside of you? Would you believe me? Welcome to the Mind Body Healing Podcast where we talk about how to truly alleviate chronic suffering. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus, and I'm really pleased to be here with you for the second ever episode today. Welcome to the Mind Body Healing Podcast. In this podcast episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what a mind body disorder or illness is by briefly diving into the theories of the late Professor John Sarno. I'll be talking about the surprising links between your emotions, your subconscious, and chronic pain. So if you've listened to episode one, you might be thinking at this point that, oh, I thought this episode was going to be my healing story because I did say that and I also mentioned it on my social media. So I do have to be upfront and apologize that things have changed schedule a little, but my healing story will definitely be episode three. I have recorded it already. But I ended up swapping things around because as I was recording my healing story, I realized it would make a lot more sense to you if you had at least some of the basics in mind-body healing in mind before I tell you about the things I did to heal. And so originally I tried to have episode two as being a little bit on Sano's concepts and then my healing story, but the episode started to get ridiculously long and I felt like I was rushing. So really to just give all of the content enough time and to explain it all in enough detail, I've split it up into two episodes. And yeah, just so... In episode two, this episode, I'm going to give you some of the background information, but really our mind-body illnesses are complex and I'm so passionate about the topic and I could talk about it all day. So I will be dedicating many more episodes in the future to unpacking what a mind-body illness is. This is just a start. So again, really sorry about the Uh, mix-up change in schedule, but I hope you will agree when you listen to both episodes that this was a better format for the show. So before we dive in, I do have a couple of notifications. I did mention the social media before, so the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast is now on Facebook and Instagram. So if you haven't already, jump on and give that a like or a follow. 
You can find the pages by searching at Let's Talk Mind Body Healing. So all one word, that's my handle. And there's some great sort of facts and statistics about my body healing that I've been sharing there. So bonus content in a way if you'd like and also a way for you to keep in track of the show and what's happening. You can also find links to those pages in the show notes, so my Facebook and Instagram. And if you're not on any of those social media channels and you'd like to get in contact with me, you can use my email, so I'll also pop that in the show notes. So that's it for the notifications, not many. But quickly, one last thing before we get into the content, I do have to give you my disclaimer. So I'll be playing this at the start of every episode for new listeners and to remind regular listeners. Really, while I strongly encourage you to take up a mind-body healing journey, because it has totally changed my life, you do have to be safe and make sure you discuss your individual case with your medical doctor first. Your own safety uh, needs to be a priority. So just quickly, here we go. I hold my doctorate in education, but I'm not a medical doctor. All the content I provide in any medium, including but not limited to this podcast, is for informational purposes only. No content provided by me is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The purpose is to promote broad understanding and knowledge of various health topics. If you choose to use any information provided by me, You do so solely at your own risk. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. Do not embark on a mind-body healing journey till you have clearance from your healthcare practitioner to do so and until you have discussed how to apply mind-body healing to your own individual case with your healthcare practitioner. Okay, so thanks for tuning in. Episode two. Um, I'm really excited for this one. So the thing you need to know is the body is remarkably resilient. It is so much stronger than we have been led to believe. I mean, a broken bone can heal in six to eight weeks. A bone. A herniated disc will also generally heal in six to eight weeks. And when there are things that don't heal, then they're not painful. So degenerated discs, they degenerate over time and never heal. By that, I mean they never go back to their pre-degenerated state. Once they've aged and sort of the fluid has come out of them, but that's it. They don't unage. But they're generally not painful. By the time we reach our 40s, the majority of the population has degenerated discs. So the majority of the population do not walk around with back pain. Another example I'll give you is my TMJ. So the disc inside my TMJ joint. So that's my jaw joint. 
has slid backwards uh, from muscle tension and it doesn't sit where it shouldn't anymore and it's deformed. So every time I open my mouth, my jaw clicks and pops and sometimes it gets a little stuck, but it is entirely non-painful. And uh, really, I mean, do you think that humans evolved for millions of years just to end up disabled by pain, like back pain in their early to midlife? And the answer to that question is no. Our bodies are remarkably resilient and they're designed to heal in ways that heal us. So we're not in pain. Our bodies will cope and adapt and function. And this isn't to say that structural disorders don't exist, but they are extremely rare. So let me read you this quote from an article written in 2018 by Howard Schubiner, who is a medical doctor who practices in the mind-body healing world. So he says, For chronic pain patients, the cause of pain is typically not investigated carefully enough to distinguish structurally induced pain from pain induced by the brain. Some people do have a combination of the two, but this is less common than you might think, since the vast majority of chronic pain occurs in those with no structural disorder. So what happens instead is often those with chronic pain have their pain attributed to what we call normal abnormalities. So things like degenerated discs or TMJ joints, where the disc is a little deformed in there, they are non-painful. Something else is going on. So last episode, I asked you to consider that the chronic pain or symptoms you're experiencing might be created by your brain instead of by any disease or damage in your body. So no, I'm not implying in any way that the pain is just in your head or made up, that you're crazy, weak. Rather, I want you to consider that the brain and nervous system are generating these very real, very, very painful, often, symptoms as a form of protection. So we'll get more into the protection element later. But the symptoms are very real in your body. But what I'm saying is that the cause of the symptoms is not in your body. And these are symptoms that can involve muscles, nerves and tendons anywhere and everywhere in your body. So think migraines, back pain, neck pain, joint pain, muscle pain and spasm, nerve pain, fibromyalgia, male and female pelvic pain, as well as a host of non-painful conditions like irritable bowel, frequent urination, chronic fatigue, dizziness, insomnia, and so on and so on. Basically, any condition you can think of can be influenced by your brain. 
Although it's important for me to note that almost anything can be a symptom of a mind-body disorder, and in the vast majority of cases, it is. So Dr. John Sano, the father of mind-body medicine, who I'll be talking about in this episode, was quoted saying that it was 95% of chronic pain cases. But also, almost anything can be a symptom of something like cancer. So always get checked out by your doctor first to make sure you are safe, that your condition is not at all life-threatening or in urgent need of medical care before you begin any mind-body healing journey. So, the brain generates the symptoms. Okay, but what really is going on here? Well, have you ever gotten a headache after a really stressful day? Or have you ever experienced a stomach ache when you were really nervous? Maybe you also felt your palms sweating, or perhaps it went as far as diarrhea. I know I get diarrhea when I have to get on a plane because I'm nervous. Or have you ever had your cheeks blush when you were embarrassed about something? Or had a knot in your back or your neck when you were feeling tense, stressed about something? This is the hallmark of the human condition. Humans live in a mind-body system. The mind and the body are intimately connected. And these examples illustrate that quite quickly. When we experience certain emotions, there are somatic responses in our body. As humans, we all somaticize our feelings to an extent. And those examples show that these feelings can come through as painful and discomforting sensations like headaches, diarrhea, stomach cramps, tense muscles, and so on. So really, it's not a giant leap to say that emotions can physically manifest as pain. And this, my friends, is the heart of a mind-body disorder. So while you feel very, very real, and I can't say that enough, very real physical pain and symptoms, yes, I've been there, the cause and the solution to these pain and symptoms lie in your emotional world. And we owe much of what we know about mind-body healing the late Dr. John Sarno. He passed away in 2017. So it would be totally remiss of me if I didn't start here with John Sarno's theories about mind-body healing. So for this podcast, in getting more into the deep explanations of mind-body disorders and healing, it is with John Sarno that I will start. So for now, in the remainder of episode two, I'm going to give you a quick rundown on some of the core mind-body healing concepts as theorized by Sarno. And I'll also tell you a little bit about the resounding success he had in treating patients this way. 
and the resounding success you too can achieve. And the success I too have achieved. So I used a lot of resources in my healing, not just Sano, but as I said earlier, this episode and the sort of introduction to mind-body healing and its concepts will really help when I unpack my healing journey in episode three. So my rundown in this episode is certainly not going to cover everything about Sano because his theories are quite detailed. They were developed over his entire career and I think they are incredibly fascinating and so helpful for patients. So I will be revisiting him at various stages in the future. But in this podcast, I'm also going to eventually dive into a lot of other thinkers in the field of mind-body healing. And I'll also eventually tell you where modern brain science is on this. Because Sano was practicing sort of in the 80s and 90s, which was some time ago. But what I will tell you for now is that without a doubt, modern brain science is in large part agreeing with Sano. Furthermore, and perhaps most importantly, Sano's explanations, treatment protocols, and theories about chronic pain are still considered by many to be the most useful to therapists and patients wanting to heal because what he says to do works. So, okay, here we go. All fields have their greats. Those who will always be remembered forever. The greats like Albert Einstein or John Sano, Professor of Rehabilitation Medicine at New York University School of Medicine and attending physician at the Howard Rusk Institute of Rehabilitation Medicine, also at New York University, born June 23rd, 1923, is without a doubt the great of pain medicine. So in the 1980s, so really not that long ago, but also before we really had the technology to scan brains and things like that. So for neuroscience experiments, he flipped pain medicine on its head. So although he's still largely unrecognised, by the time they're certainly starting to change, albeit very slowly. Um, so I'm going to dedicate an entire episode as to why mind-body healing is still not very common, despite its astonishing results in helping people at a later date. But basically, it's complex, political, driven by money, and the pride of the entire medical community. But what you should know is that Sano was totally alienated by the medical community during his time here, which is why his wisdom isn't yet common knowledge and why you might not have heard of him before. The proposition that your emotions could be the cause of your pain and illness has not been well accepted by a community who has spent hundreds of years searching in the body for the cause of chronic pain. This did not stop Sano. 
So after many years of practicing conventional medicine with little success in treating patients with chronic conditions, as is still now, I'm sure you'll agree that conventional medicine has little success in treating chronic pain. Sano sought to find out what was really going on. So he became curious about his patients. Instead of seeing them as just symptoms, as just diseases to cure, he became curious about the whole person, about who they are, their lives. And through direct daily interaction with patients, who were in incredible distress over an extended period of time, he observed that chronic pain patients generally share a lot of things in common, no matter their diagnosis. And these observations were that chronic pain patients often have a history of trauma, particularly in childhood. So this doesn't have to be huge traumas. Sano commented that he was um, impressed at how small traumas and small injuries to self-esteem over one's lifetime um, can generate the same effect as large traumas and or high levels of current life pressures and or certain personality characteristics. So this is often called the type T personality or the perfect good personality. So perfect meaning someone who sees himself as a perfectionist or someone who is hardworking, conscientious, responsible, driven, success orientated, and someone who is usually pretty big self-critic. And the good means caretaker, people pleaser, someone who puts their own needs last. So Sano said, you might be perfect or good or both. Um, I tend to see myself more as on the perfectionist side, but I certainly have some elements of the goodest in there too. So these commonalities amongst sufferers of all kinds of chronic pain led Sano to believe that chronic pain may be psychological in origin. And... After working with countless patients and reading up on past thinkers like Sigmund Freud, Sano came up with a mind-body diagnosis, which he called TMS. So Sano did lean heavily on Freud, and that is one of the major criticisms of his theory. Psychology has largely disbanded with Freud, so many of the details of Sano's theory, um, people would say are unbelievable, and I really did at first too, um, but hang in there. So originally called tension myoneural syndrome and then updated to tension myositis syndrome. See, if you ever hear anyone in the mind-body world refer to TMS, they are referring to TMS as coined by Sano, so tension myositis syndrome. So the essence of TMS from Sano's perspective, is this. For one reason or another, there are emotions that go unfelt in your life. Usually these are strong, painful, or embarrassing emotions like fear, 
anxiety, guilt, anger, rage, shame, hurt, sadness, sorrow, perceived undeserved joy, and so on. So, for example, maybe you were smacked as a kid when you got angry. And so you learnt that anger was dangerous and you started stuffing it down so you wouldn't get punished anymore. Or maybe nobody came to soothe you when you cried. So you learnt not to feel sad anymore because feeling sad was more painful than simply becoming numb. Or maybe as an adult, you really can't lose your job. And so you have to hold in all the anger you feel towards your boss. So according to Sane, these emotions, while they're not felt at the time, they're not forgotten. It has to go somewhere. So these emotions are repressed into your subconscious. And the thing about these repressed emotions is that they want to be felt. The subconscious wants to get them out and to integrate them with you. But remember, they're in the subconscious they're really really painful so on another level you really don't want to feel them and what happens is these repressed emotions build up over your life and eventually these repressed traumas and stored emotional triggers reach a tipping point where that part of you that doesn't want to feel them starts to view this emotional buildup as really really dangerous so maybe you've repressed so much anger about your boss that there's now rage festering there. If you let yourself feel that anger, you're going to explode and you'll surely lose your job. But more than that, all this time you spend not feeling the anger. So every time you push down the anger, you signal to your brain that anger is unsafe for you. That anger is a dangerous emotion. So if you've spent all this time signaling to your brain that anger is unsafe, how unsafe do you think your brain now perceives rage to be? So the thing is, when your body senses danger, your nervous system fires up and you enter into fight or flight mode. But emotional danger, it tends to hang around. It's not like a tiger where you run away and then you can calm down again and reach a sort of state of calm. So you enter into this state of hyper arousal and your brain starts to view more things as dangerous. So your brain now terrified you'll feel these emotions stuck in this state of heightened fight or flight eventually spills over and decides it needs to do something to change your behavior. And here comes the pain or other sensations. And the purpose of the pain, according to Sano, is to change your behavior so all your attention goes to your physical body. This protects you from the possibility of feeling your painful, buried emotions. 
So if you start to think all the time about your aching back, your aching back becomes the center of your world, the thing that you ruminate about, then suddenly there's way less time for you to ruminate about that boss you hate. And basically, the greater the threat the brain perceives the emotion to be, the more severe the symptoms it will employ. And these symptoms can move and change, particularly if they're likely to be found out as psychological. Because if you find out that they're psychological, then you're at risk again of turning your attention to these dangerous emotions. So, for example, if you get that back surgery and you now 100% believe your back is fixed and the pain stays there, there is a risk of it being found out as psychological. So a few months later, you might develop knee pain or something else entirely because the cause of your back pain was never really fixed. So now it's in your knee. Or maybe you're a bit worried that the surgery isn't going to work. So the pain does come back in your back. So there is a saying that the more different symptoms you've had or suffered from, the more likely it is that you have a sort of systemic mind-body disorder going on. And often what happens when people start healing, so truly healing, so truly doing the mind-body work, and getting to the root of the cause of their chronic pain, they'll also see their symptoms move and shift or they'll see some flares in their pain. And this, to Sano, was that same defence mechanism at play, trying to pull your attention towards your physical body. And I have another quote from Dr Howard Schubiner, about this, so again in that same 2018 article, which sort of illustrates the point. And he's talking about when he works with people in therapy. And he says, I commonly see patients whose symptoms can shift from head pain to anxiety to back pain to depression and back again over the course of hours or weeks. These conditions are interchangeable manifestations of the same underlying danger signals and learned neural pathways. So there you have it. The brain is in charge and it can activate all of these symptoms in order to try and protect you from these underlying danger signals. And it's important to know that this is not a rational process. You don't choose for any of it to happen. And it all happens outside of your conscious awareness. So realistically, you'd probably just choose to be angry at your boss. And getting the back pain might make you lose your job anyway. But what the brain knows is that feeling these emotions is really, really dangerous for you. So it wants to do what it can to protect you. And it's people with a lot of life pressures, personalities that are pressure-inducing, and childhood traumas that end up with a lot of unfelt emotions and who have a lot of reasons for their brain to perceive their emotions as dangerous. 
So that links back to Sano's observations about the things that chronic pain sufferers have in common. So notably something here, Sano later did a study of 104 of his TMS patients and he concluded that for the vast majority of patients, personality was a factor. So in over one third, so 31.5% of cases, personality was the primary source, so the primary driver of their TMS. In 36.5%, it was personality and current life pressures. In 17%, it was personality and childhood trauma. In 8%, it was all three factors, 3% childhood trauma alone and 2.5% life pressures alone. So for most people, this desire to be perfect and good people and the pressure we place on ourselves and possibly life pressures and trauma, or all three, are what drive this emotional repression. So very few don't have a personality element, but don't be discouraged. Those personality elements make us great, hardworking, kind people. And often, but not always, we have these personality elements as a response to trauma, either in our childhood or in our current life, or both. And remember, these traumas don't have to be big. So there's a lot of stories around TMS patients often commenting that their childhood was fine, their life is fine. But it's those small traumas that add up for a lot of people. And all traumas are valid. All traumas impact you. Now, the best part about all of this is that you can, you can heal. Sano was clear that TMS is part of the human condition. Emotions commonly turn up in our bodies as physical symptoms. So I'll give you an example. Just the other day, my husband and I had an appointment to go to, which was pretty stressful. And on the way there, my husband started complaining that his hand was really hurting. So my husband is totally healthy, doesn't have any kind of chronic stuff going on. And I said to him, you're just feeling the stress of this appointment in your hand. Of course, he didn't really believe me at the time, but about an hour after the appointment, he said to me, oh, you know what? My hand hasn't hurt since we left the appointment. I think you were right. So his hand stopped hurting after the stress was gone. So it's a normal part of the human condition. But for those of us who have more traumas and triggers and more reasons for the emotions to be feared, then this can happen a lot more, leading to chronic symptoms. But you can train your brain that your emotions are safe, removing the need for your brain to protect you from them. So Sano believed that knowledge, so he was really big on knowledge as being an essential part of the cure, and he wrote in The Divided Mind, so his last book, about how when he diagnoses patients with TMS, he's a physician 
So when he treats them, he's a teacher. So learning about TMS and accepting that you have it, journaling to figure out what lies in your subconscious and what you may have repressed and to help you start feeling things again. And sometimes therapy is all that it is needed to achieve this. But it, it doesn't mean that the process is always easy or quick. You do literally need to often rewire your brain. And the results that Sano achieved in treating patients are astounding. So he treated tens of thousands of patients and tens of thousands more treated themselves just by reading his book. Now, there is something that often gets floated about called a book cure, where uh, back in the 80s, a lot of people got instant relief just by understanding the process of TMS. So they read the book and overnight their back pain went away or their pain in their knee, foot, wherever. But it's pretty much accepted now that this is rare. So Sano did think it was really common, but we now know two things. The first is that those who get an immediate cure often need to do the emotional work later because the pain and symptoms come back. Uh, the second is it's become rare for people to get an immediate cure. There's less of them now than there were in the 80s. Um, and the theory behind that is that the world has become more complex and more technologically driven and we've become more disassociated from our bodies and sort of disconnected from what goes on inside and our emotions in general. So that's the, the book here part. Um, but there are a lot more to Sino's theories than what I've shared with you today. So this is just a basic overview um, and he will come up a lot more in the podcast. So it's pretty important that I started here. But in a coming episode, I'll tell you where modern science is on this. Uh, but for now, you might be questioning this, still not believing in mind-body disorders, thinking that this is crazy. And I really did for a long time too. This just sounded absurd. Um, but the sheer number of people I have seen helped by Sano um, and the sheer number of different conditions, uh, including myself, has completely removed any doubt that I had. And I actually can't believe I used to see the world differently, that I used to see the mind and body as separate. I can't sort of unsee this connection now. And uh, regarding your own doubt, let me ask you this. How else do you explain the tens of thousands of people that Sano helped over the years? The tens of thousands of people with chronic pain who were discarded by the medical system. So we don't have much data about this, but Sano did conduct three studies. And in, to in total over the three studies, there were 371 randomly selected patients that he had treated. So 72% of them reported being free or nearly free of pain when interviewed six months to three years later after undergoing TMS therapy. And one of these studies included only clients with documented, with documented herniated discs 
and more than a third of these people had been recommended surgery. So these people were nearly free or free of pain six months to three years after undergoing TMS therapy, despite the fact that they were told they had needed surgery. Now, these success rates are astounding when you consider that surgery has a terrible success rate. So I am loving this article by Howard Schubiner. So I do have one last quote from you. And it says, As I studied the medical literature on pain, I was shocked by the ineffectiveness of most medical treatments. For example, how many research studies do you think have shown that surgery for low back pain is better than physical therapy or exercise or just waiting? The answer is none. Do research studies show that injections for neck and back pain work to reduce pain? The answer is yes. However, do these injections work better than placebo injections? Now the answer is no. So really, when you think about that, Sano's success rates are incredible. My next point, how else do you explain the tens of thousands of people Sano has helped through his books? So he wrote four books in total, if you're interested, um, called Mind Over Back Pain, Healing Back Pain, The Mind-Body Prescription, and The Divided Mind. So his most popular book, called Healing Back Pain, has almost 3,200 reviews on Amazon with an average of 4.4 out of 5 stars. That to me is just incredible. What other book do you know that has that many reviews and that many high reviews? And um, my last point, how else do you explain the success of doctors and therapists currently working in this area? So while there are relatively few of them, they report achieving the same results. So think about it. This healing is available to you. And next week, with all this information in mind, I'm going to give you my healing story to show you how I healed from the infinite conditions I'd spoken about in episode one, just by using a mind-body healing approach largely based on Sano's theories. So this, this episode is a really important backdrop to that and to understanding why the things I did worked for me. But what I'll leave you with at the end of this episode is what do you have to lose by believing in this, by giving this a go. So really, thanks so much for listening. I'm just so passionate about mind-body healing because it has totally transformed my life and I believe it can transform your life too. I really look forward to keeping exploring this topic and digging in as we get further into the podcast. But thanks for now. Bye-bye.